he took my piece of paper and went, bad idea, next. And I was like, six months of my time. And then the other mastermind members concurred. They were like, yeah, this is not the thing for you, Shannon. This is not, yes, can you make money? Yes, you have the Midas touch. You can make money with anything you touch. This is not it. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, real quick before we get started, first of all, I wanted to thank everybody for joining us on the show and for listening uh, to all my loyal listeners. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, continuing to listen and support the show. If you can go on to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen and subscribe to the show, that would be fantastic. Spread the word too. I'd love to, you know, have this reach more and more people. So if you could share it on social media or, or, or and just talk about it to other people, that would be fantastic. And the last thing is if you can go on to iTunes and give us a rating review, uh, hopefully five stars, that would be great as well. It just helps us spread the word more and it helps us get continue to get uh, really good guests on the show. We've had some fantastic guests and I just want to be able to continue to bring fantastic value to you. Go on to our Facebook page too, Pillars of Wealth Facebook page. And I'd like to hear from, from you as a listener of you know, what you're doing in business, what you've got going on, what you are maybe struggling with or uh, being successful with, and then what we can do on the show to help push you to that next level. Maybe uh, questions we can ask our guests, maybe guests that we can get on the show to talk about certain topics, certain things that are really neat, you're needing uh, some, some extra support with. So provide for us some feedback on Facebook. Um, and you can also share this out on, on social media. That would be fantastic as well. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being a, uh, being a either new listener or a loyal listener. I definitely appreciate it. And we will get started with the show. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dykes-Armer. With me today, I've got Shannon Stewart. I'm excited to have Shannon on. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Awesome. Well, Shannon is an accountant, but she's not your typical accountant. She's a serial entrepreneur and fearless single mom who has a military background in tactical training. Um, is not afraid to stand up to anyone, including the IRS. He's a gun-toting libertarian, proactive strat, uh, tax strategist. Shannon has built a team of tax and financial experts to assist clients in legal tax avoidance. Uh, and there's so much more to your uh, background and kind of your story. Uh, you're a former American Baptist pastor, uh, and you own Gunpowder and Lace, a conceal concealment garment and holster company for women. So explain this stuff to me because this is <laughs> fascinating. You've got a lot of different things going on and background, and you're kind of. It sounds like you're kind of a badass. Thank you. Actually, I, I, they actually, when I get introduced at public speaking, they call me the gun-toting uh, tax strategist. So, um, <laughs> so I do tend to be a little bit rough around the edges. So I'm not your typical accountant. I'm, you know, a lot of accountants are slow to change and they do business mm -hmm. the same way every year. Um, I tend to be very proactive. So 
And that gets me into some situations sometimes because, you know, as an American Baptist pastor, they didn't really like that. They didn't like the <laughs> fact that I was so opinionated and, and kind of walked yeah. outside the box of, of what the norm would say. Um, but it served me well um, from that standpoint because sometimes we have to look outside the box to find the, the answers to solutions that we're struggling with. Yeah, absolutely. And not, not just sometimes, very often we do, especially with taxes, I feel like. Um, it, it's not just that black and white. You know, there's a lot of interpretation into taxes. So having somebody that's willing to kind of um, look all directions is definitely beneficial. I think you're, you're right. I think one of the things that we find in our profession, so I just, I happen to be an entrepreneur who happens to make money. One of the ways is as, as a tax strategist and owning a full service tax practice. Um, but as an entrepreneur, we actually have to look at things different. I always say to my staff, we had a staff meeting this morning and a question was posed to me and I said, ask a different question. Like, don't ask the same question over and over. So when you're dealing with something, sometimes we get stuck in our paradigm and we're only thinking the way that we've always thought. And we don't think that, that there could be a different question to be asked. And so sometimes when we ask a different question, we get a different answer and then can take a different path with our solution. Yeah, I like that a lot. It, it, you just said it right there. I mean, you, you, we get stuck in our paradigm and you have to always kind of shift that paradigm and get out of it and feel feel uncomfortable um, and ask different questions. I really like that, um, you know, you said that, ask different questions. So, so important. Um, tell me tell me about this, uh, this other company. I want to know. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have another company called Gunpowder and Lace, and we do concealment garments and holsters for women. So um, the website's gunpowderandlace.com. And basically, we have created a line of lingerie that has holsters built in it so that you can carry and be protected and still be feminine and feel like a woman. Um, a lot of the holsters that are in the market are made, made technically for men, and they're uncomfortable for women. But it was actually born out of a, a situation where my best friend is a colonel in the Air Force, and I have another best friend who's a, an air marshal, and we were sitting around the kitchen table one day, and we were like, how do we, you know, how do you carry your gun? I don't know. How do you carry yours? Well, we don't want to carry it in our purse, and so we started drawing on a piece of paper, and then the next day, we found ourselves at the fabric store, and we had sewing machines out, you know, and we <laughs> had a girls weekend, and we started mocking up all of this, these garments. Well, 13 patents later, we have, we have a line of, of lingerie that actually, um, and there are other things in the marketplace. We sell mostly to um, government, you know, officers, things of that nature. Um, we do a little bit of direct-to-consumer marketing as well, but um, it was a hobby that became, you know, a, another stream of income. And I think that's so important as entrepreneurs that we have multiple streams of income, that we actually are looking at different ways that we, we can be in different industries as the economy and things of that nature change. We can pivot very quickly so that our cash flow stays consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's pretty, it's hilarious because it's like this kind of like masculine, like tough, person uh thing and you're doing the the totally girly thing 
well, I shouldn't say girly, but you know, you're doing the feminine thing of like getting these sewing machines out and doing this, but you're sewing it for, uh, for guns. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah definitely. Because here's the thing, a lot of times I think, and I think this for men and women, that oftentimes we get uncomfortable with something and we don't try something new because it feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so for instance, you know, with a woman, and oftentimes they don't want to carry a firearm because they're scared of it. So if we can kind of take down that barrier of fear. So I've always been the kind of person that if something scared me, I did it anyways. Like I was scared a couple of years ago of going scuba diving. Mm. And I, and I remember like, okay, I've got to go do this because it, it actually makes me feel very uncomfortable. And so I want to, you know, push my, myself to that point of being uncomfortable because that's where we grow. You know, at that other side of fear is the growth. You know, and so as an entrepreneur, I always take a look at those things that kind of give me a barrier and think, okay, I've got to push through it because on the other side of there is my growth. Is, is it just that mindset of I, need, I want to grow because I see that as a barrier or is there any other strategies you use to be able to push beyond kind of that, uh, that fear to get, to get yourself to be able to do something? Well, I mean, I think the thing that when I look at it, I always call it, I call it the terror barrier. You know, we, we, and oftentimes as an entrepreneur, sometimes we get stuck in our businesses and, and we are, we keep like bumping up against the same brick wall all the time. And really, if we take an honest look at it, it's that terror barrier. It's that fear barrier. And we may not want to call it that, but that's what the reality of it is. So if we're in our in our our business and we're coming up against something that we keeps keeps repeating itself, it keeps manifesting in in our business. Then we have to take a good look at it and find out is is it our paradigm? Is it our you know are we fearful of something? Are we afraid of success? Are we afraid of failure? Because it's on the other side of identifying what's stopping us that we're going to grow and expand ourselves and our business. Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Um, let's get, let's get to some, um, some kind of tax questions. Um, what, uh, you know, we're, most of us that are listening here are, are real estate investors, entrepreneurs, um, and obviously a big portion of our expenses are our taxes. So, uh, what can entrepreneurs, you know, do to be prepared, um, in order to to best serve like our tax situations? What, what are some like key ingredients for that? Well, I think one of the things that we have to be mindful of is the fact that even if, so if we're real estate investors and this is one of our passive things that we're doing. So we have our W-2 and then we're doing some, we're doing some real estate investing as well. This is actually a business and it should be treated as such. So it's not something that you carry in your box of receipts at the end of the year and you set it on your tax professional's desk and they're supposed to then do what? Record history. That's all they can do. They're just historians, right? So basically, when I talk to individuals, I always tell them, let's write the history. Let's actually be proactive in our planning. Let's actually meet during the year and actually proactively plan how we're going to write history together. And I think that it's very important to have a trusted professional. Oftentimes, individuals think they can go things on their own, and especially with the new tax law changes. I mean, we just completely overhauled our whole tax law system, and so you're not going to have all the answers, and and your tax professional may not have all the answers because the average tax professional, be it a CPA or an enrolled agent, 
their job is to complete for you a accurate tax return. That's a full-time job. Their job is to keep you in compliance. That's a full-time job. Alongside that, oftentimes is a tax strategist whose job is to actually help you to proactively plan what's going to happen with your current holdings and what the future holds. So a tax strategist also comes in and does planning um, kind of like a concierge CFO um, and sits alongside you and says, okay, what's the plan for the year? Oh, we're going we're gonna to get two new properties or we're going to dispose of two properties. What do we do with that? What's the strategy before we actually make the decisions? Yeah, that, uh, and, and why, like, what is, what is the benefit of doing that versus just like you said, just putting your receipts on their desk and say, hey, here you go. What's, yeah. the, what are some advantages that we can? So, so oftentimes what happens if we're, we're coming into December and we've had a really great year and we have a profit? And we have, and there are things that we need to purchase, like vehicles and equipment and so forth. If we don't know that, if we if we haven't figured that out until April fifteenth, that time has already passed, and the calendar year is already closed. So we can't actually buy the things that we need and, and dispose of that and get that off the profit and loss into the you know from the income side to the expense side. So we've lost that deduction. There's also something. Um, you know, we can always talk about like, you know, do you have the right entity? That's a huge thing. But one of the things I see that real estate investors miss a lot is something called cost segregation studies. So that's one of the things that we proactively do with a lot of our clients are do is to actually bring in an outside firm to do a cost segregation study so that we're able to actually um, increase our, our depreciation and actually increase cash flow and reduce taxation in the first one to five years of owning a property. So unless we're doing that planning, you know, we can't, once the, that tax year closes, it's very hard to go back and, and do anything from that standpoint. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so why is it important for an accountant to, to call business owners out, you know, be, and be the one that provides that kind of that tough love to them? Well, first of all, I don't think it happens enough. I mean, I have a lot of tax professional friends and I have a lot on my staff and I definitely have a different personality than most of them. Most of them um, aren't comfortable with what I call truth in love, you know, to speak out that truth because their job in their mind is to, rec is to just record the history fill in the boxes, what's happened, and, 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 and get that on a, a, a complete tax return. So you really need to oftentimes have somebody on your team that can look at you and say, you know, this is not a good idea. I'll, I'll give you an example. I was working with um, a gentleman who's a certified financial planner in, in Texas yesterday, um, and we're having this conversation, and he wants to move to a new building. And I said to him, it's not the right move. It's not, do you have the money? Yes, but you're going to go into a 10-year lease when you should be buying a building, but we're three years from buying the building. Like I had to speak something very difficult to him. He didn't want to hear it at first. He was very resistant to it. But when we laid out, when I laid out those numbers, he was like, you know what? I'm glad you said that to me. I was just about to make a very huge mistake in my business. And I'm glad that you had 
the, the knowledge to actually bring it to the forefront and actually tell me something I didn't want to hear because everybody on my, he said, everyone on my team is agreeing with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's nice to have someone that actually is able to stand up to that and, um, kind of not necessarily fight back, but make that, uh, you know, knowledgeable statement that like, this isn't the right move. Well, and I asked him a different question. Yeah. You know, I just asked, I started by asking different questions of him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and understanding, you know, and I've been doing this for 20, almost 25 years. So understanding the cycles that we're in as well, from an economic standpoint is very important. And so when, when we're looking at being entrepreneurs, be it real estate or anything else, it's, it's really important to have someone on your team that understands cycles in economic cycles and has weathered them as well. Because a lot of younger individuals, I have a couple of young real estate professionals. And I mean, one of my gentlemen has a million dollars worth of properties in his portfolio and he's never weathered a 2008, 2009. So we've been talking a lot about how do we get lean in our life? Like what happens if there's another 2008, 2009? What's our game plan? Not panic. Because if you remember that real estate crisis then, there was a lot of people who, who didn't have reserves, who weren't real lean, who didn't know how to survive that downturn. And that's where we had a lot of foreclosures and we had a lot of properties that came up for sale. Now that's, that when I'm looking at my buying, building my real estate portfolio, I'm looking for blood in the streets. That's where I'm gonna go in and make my purchases. However, if we have those those properties in our portfolio, we need to know that we can weather those storms and what's the game plan. And so that's part of proactive planning, tax planning, financial planning, and, and the such. So you just mentioned something that's close to a lot of my listeners, uh, you know, what's on their minds right now. And, and we're seeing, uh, obviously, a real estate uh, market that's probably very hot. Um, that might be getting to, you know, to be closer to the top. And they're worried about, okay, now if I buy a property now, it cash flows, but things go wrong, you know, what's going to happen? Um, and you've mentioned a couple things about having reserves and, you know, being, being set up right. But what are maybe three to five key factors or key things that we can do as real estate investors to make sure we can weather a 2008, 2009 again? Well, I think it goes back to having a very lean structure and organization. So oftentimes we, when we have a lot of cash flow, we rise to that standard of living. That's just human nature. Mm. So remembering that your real estate business is separate from your life that you lead, if you're like a W-2 employee as well. I always tell people that they're completely separate entities and different business silos in, in your mind. So the money that you have coming through that rental property or those rental properties need to be funneled back into the property. So uh, you don't just necessarily, if you have $500 of cash flow that flows through, you just nor, you know take that onto your personal side and spend it. You actually need to be putting it back into the business if that's paying down mortgages if it's buying other properties, that type of thing. So those are, you have two separate silos when we're talking about real estate. Um, 
Another thing is when we're acquiring these properties, we want to make sure that we have a good ROI and good cash flow to begin with. We want to make sure that that cash flow, even if we don't have 100% occupancy, let's say, for instance, we go down to a 60% occupancy, that we're still able to maintain that property from that standpoint. You know, we, you want to look at the metrics of the worst case scenario of, you know, what, if I could not rent my property for six months, does the property still sustain itself? So those are things, those are the hard questions you have to ask when you're looking at your investing in real estate. Also, what can I do to actually increase my cash flow right now and reduce my, my taxation? So cost segregation study is going to um, actually reduce your overall taxation in years, you're gonna get the biggest benefit in year one, but all the way through year five. And can I take those tax savings and pay down the mortgage or buy another property? So again, it all goes down to that planning of, you know, and looking at the worst case scenario, because one of the things I see a lot in the 2008 and I, I remember that a lot of my real estate investors were leveraged to the hilt. They had a lot of leverage. And because here's the thing, debt assumes that, to, that tomorrow is going to be better than today. So you've got to make sure that if you take debt, if you take leverage on that property, on that portfolio, that you actually have the cash flow even at a reduced amount to sustain that. Yeah. I hear so many people, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, on online, on forums, on wherever uh, meetings, uh, and they always talk about maximizing your leverage and, you know, making sure that you pull out everything, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, all the equity in order to buy more properties. And I shudder when I hear that, because I just think, man, that's, exactly what people these investors that got in trouble were doing in 05 and 06 well savage they're pulling out all their equity in and then and then some at, at that time now now you're we're a little more kind of conservative but i, I don't even you know i i see these people pulling out these loans for more than what they would buy the property for and you just go wow i i, I don't know that doesn't seem like a good strategy to me when I look at my properties leveraged at, you know, like 50%, it feel a lot better at the end of the day. Well, and I think that's a good rule of thumb that everything, I mean, so if you have a property that's leveraged more than 50%, then that's the, that needs to be an area of concern that you're paying down that yep. debt. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm super excited to announce the North Star Real Estate Conference that uh, I am putting together along with a few other friends, and we are expecting to have a great crowd there. This is going to be September 20th and 21st in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities area, and hey, it'll still be warm. And we're going to have a ton of great speakers there. We're going to have uh, some motivational speakers. We're expecting to have uh, speakers talking about a lot of different commercial real estate topics, multifamily and commercial real estate. So we want you there. We would love to have uh, a great crowd there. We would love to have you there. And the cool thing with this conference is all the profits are going to uh, benefit charity. They're going to benefit junior achievement specifically, who they uh, serve underserved uh, youth and they, they bring financial education 
to them. They not only teach financial education, but they teach the, the kids how to be entrepreneurs, how to be business leaders, and how to really do fantastic things after they're out of school and, and moving on. So that's who we're uh, going to be benefiting. We're going to also have a charity gala. It's going to be a fun event, and I'd love to have you attend. So again, it's called the North Star Real Estate Conference. Check it out. We've got uh, links that we'll put on the show notes. Uh, we would love to have you there. We'd love to have you attend. Speaker lineup is coming, and uh, that'll be announced uh, shortly. We do have a few speakers already uh, lined up, so you'll be able to see that. We've got Trevor McGregor will be our keynote speaker. He's a master platinum coach. So you're going to love this event. We are going to just have a ton of fun and learn a bunch and also benefit a great organization as well. I will see you there. Check out our show notes for the links. So you you were a uh, former, or you're a former American Baptist pastor, and so I'm assuming you know you still you know w- when you're in your business, um, you've got your faith still. So how does how does your faith impact your business, and how do you relate? Um, how do you relate your faith to your business? Yeah, so um, definitely. I mean, I, I was a former pastor for eight years, pastored in a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I think I can look at things with a different perspective because I don't, I mean, I honestly think that God is in control. And so whenever we go through any type of situation, I still believe that there is a higher, per, a higher being, a higher source that's always in control looking out for our good. So when I work with individuals, I try to instill that, that peace. Like, you know, I mean, 2008 and nine was a really hard time for a lot of individuals. And, and I don't know what people do without faith, but we also know, um, you know, I also think about faith without good works, you know, they say is dead. So when I work with individuals and we talk a lot about mindset, I talk a lot about mindset. I talk a lot about heart issues, not from like a religious or Christian standpoint, because I mean, I have a, I have a Buddhist on my staff. I have a Muslim on my staff. I look at it from the standpoint of um, that there's truth in love. And that oftentimes when people come to me and they're having issues in their business, then I'm going to find that there's issues in their personal life and it all boils down to heart issues. And so oftentimes we have to take care of mindset and heart issues before we can get into like the nitty gritty of, you know, our cash flow issues or our IRS issues. Well, and you know, you mentioned having a, a Buddhist and a Muslim on your, your staff and it's whether you're Christian or whatever you are, it's to me, it's the same, a lot of the same philosophies, you know, it's like you said, it's that mindset and that heart issue that you've got to, you know, be able to fix and be able to make right uh, first. Um, and that's what we talk about so often. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily, you know, necessarily a religious thing, but, um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, it's definitely an important part of your business. Well, and I think one of the things like my motto and just my life in general is never withhold good when it's in your power. Hmm. And I think that if you live your life that way, regardless of what you do, Things, you know, it, it's funny how, how life happens and things like fall into place. There's those synchronicities, those, those things that if you're always doing good for other people, 
then that's what you get repaid back. And that, that can be across all religions. They have that philosophy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so, so tell us about a mistake that you've made um, and how have you learned and grown from that? I make mistakes every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we all do. Isn't that the truth? So I think, you know, um, one of my biggest business mistakes that I ever made, um, again, I think that comes back to my terror barrier and why I'm so hell-bent now on, on actually looking at everything that scares me and defeating it. So I know that there's been times in my business that I've had opportunity and I haven't taken it because I was scared. And I think it was more... Um, not so much scared of failure. It was scared of the unknown. You know, sometimes we have, you know, there's that saying, I think Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, you take the first step, you know, you can't see the whole stairway. The, the stairway will appear as you take that first step. And I think that's one of the biggest things I, I learned early on. And actually I shouldn't say early on. It probably took me 10 years, maybe 15 years to realize that those fear barriers were keeping me from being my best self ever, not only in my business, but in my personal life. And so I think the thing that has been my biggest lesson is that when I don't, when I can't see, because I'm a planner, you know, and so when I can't see, I have to have, rely on my faith, or I also have to rely on what I call my mastermind. So I belong to several different mastermind groups and I trust the power of a mastermind. So if I have a new business venture, because I have several businesses across several industries, I take it to my mastermind group and I, I trust their opinion. I go to a room full of entrepreneurs who, who have walked the talk and who are successful. And I say, here's what I'm thinking of doing. What are your thoughts? A last year, a year and a half ago, I took an idea to my mastermind and I had laid it all out. I mean, I spent six months on this, this idea. And within five minutes, one of the gentlemen in the mastermind, he's a huge internet marketing guy. He took my piece of paper, went bad idea next. And I was like, six months of my time. And then the other mastermind members concurred. They were like, yeah, this is not the thing for you, Shannon. This is not, yes. Can you make money? Yes. You have the Midas touch. You can make money with anything you touch. This is not it. Wow. And um, my son, who who's he's has he's on the autism spectrum, but my children come with me to most of my business conferences, and he said, "Mom, you took it on the chin. Like they were they were critical and brutal to you, and you were like, I understand. You were humble and you accepted their criticism and their and their their guidance with humility, and you did what they said. Now, did I like what they said? Was I angry? Oh, I was irked. I was so upset." but I also trusted the power of their years of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the power of having, you know, a lot of us entrepreneurs try to do it alone, you know, and, and don't want help from anybody or don't think we need help from anybody or don't know how to find that help. And that's the power of like a mastermind group like that. Uh, I'm a part of a few as well. And, and just having other people to be able to, you know, uh, kind of lead on for advice and it's not always the advice that you want, <laughs> like yeah. you said. Uh, but if you really think about what they're saying, they're looking at it from an outsider's look and they can really be able to help you out, uh, you know, 
big time in, in making, you know, had you just gone through with that, not brought that to your mastermind group, uh, potentially that would have been a big mistake, a big distraction mm -hmm. uh, for you and your, and your company and wouldn't have got you to where you wanted to be. Definitely. So yeah, there is power in surrounding yourself. And I think that's one thing I remember is that we become like the five people we surround ourselves with the most. Yeah. So pick your people wisely and those that are not growing with you, you need to dismiss. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so someone that's trying to take it to the next level, what do you see uh, from, from those who you work with and, and yourself? What do you see as a, some, maybe a couple key ingredients for those who are trying to take it to the next level? I think getting to the, again, I'm going to go back to mindset. I think if you're dealing with head trash, you need to really take a close look at it. You need to get a therapist or you need to have what's called a Zozo and you need to like drill down on the things that are, are keeping you impeding you from being your best self. I mean, our success and failure, I think nine times out of 10 goes right down to mindset, the mindset. And then also treat that what you're doing as a business. You know, even if it's a hobby, you know, if it's passive, you know, real estate investing, treat it like a, a real business, mm -hmm. not just something that, you know, you're doing on the side because your side gig, just like my holsters, your side gig can, side gig can become your real gig really quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just spoke to my heart right there because that's like the, the whole purpose of this show is to get real estate investors to stop, stop thinking about it as like we're doing transactions. We're doing so many real estate investors just think about doing the deal. They don't think about actually we're operating a business, truly operating a business. If you're going to be successful, that's how you have to think of it. You're running a company. Uh, you're not just buying a piece of real estate. Yes, that's so true. And there's lots of resources out there. I mean, there are strategic coaches, there are business coaches, there's, you know, score in your local area, you can just Google score and you've got this retired entrepreneurs and executives who will meet with you for free to help you get into the business mindset. So there's a lot of that you can do um, as you're growing your business. Yeah, absolutely. The score is very powerful. I think a lot of people don't even know what it is. Um, like you said, it's for free and there's people willing to meet with you that are willing to work with you. They want to see you succeed. They're retired and they just want to give back and they want more entrepreneurs to be successful. Yes. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so tell us about some of your goals moving forward. What are you trying to accomplish and you know, how do you see yourself affecting people and, and your you know, business growing? Yeah, so on our, so we are full service accounting tax side, you know, we do, you know, tactical training for taxes, we're a full service financial firm as well. We're growing that we do a lot of resolution work. So I know there are a lot of people out there who have trouble with the IRS. And so that's something that we're passionate about fighting for them. So I just really, you know, every day we show up just to serve our clients and to stand in the gap. Because oftentimes as entrepreneurs, it's a lonely space, it's really <laughs> very lonely. Yes. And so I find that, you know, as I said, you know, we're, we're a little bit outside the box. You're not gonna get the typical CPA enrolled agent feel. You're gonna get the fact that you've got a partner who's coming alongside you and is gonna fight the battle with you. And you know, I and, and I always, I don't know if I think it maybe it's my personality, I always feel like I have skin in the game. Like if you're my client, you know, I'm the mama bear. 
and and everyone stands back you know to support you and we want to see our clients be these raving successes so i think that's where i see my business going is just like you know continuing to do that and just you know partner with our clients love on our clients and help them be their best selves ever on on all sides of you know their life so awesome um couple last questions before we wrap up. What's a favorite book, um, a business oh, book that you read? Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. That's a classic. I love it. Read it every year. Yep. I, I read it pretty, pretty close to that same thing. Um, then last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Mm. Well, um, mindset. Yep. Having the right mindset, getting and getting rid of your head trash. Um, I think finding the next pillar would be finding passive income and then always, um, act like a business owner. Awesome. Last question. How can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you're doing and, and, uh, have a conversation and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. So my website's advanced accounting.com on the right hand side you can actually click a, a button to have a free consultation i'd love to visit for 15 minutes look at your tax situation and see if i can help you if i can help you i'll let you know if i can't if you if you've got the the right person then um I'll, I'll give you that opinion as well for speaking engagements i can actually be found at shannonstewart.com as well perfect perfect well we'll put that in the show notes uh, Shannon, I appreciate you joining us on the show. Tons of value. Uh, I really important. I think one of the most important things that, that you said among many are, uh, just be meeting with your tax, uh, accountant and, and don't just wait until, don't just wait until it becomes history. We actually do it throughout the year and, and make a strategy of, of everything. Because I would imagine that when you, get somebody that gives you just their, their books versus actually strategize. There's really not much you can do to help their tax situation. And they end up probably paying a lot more than if they would have met with you, you know, two or three, maybe four times in during the year. And, and Most definitely. Mm -hmm. um, Very correct. Even though their bill from you might be a little higher, their probably bill from the IRS is, is way more. Yeah, your tax strategist should pay for themselves. Yeah. You know, you'll always pay less taxes than you'll pay to your tax strategist. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, again, appreciate you joining us on the show. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you, you too. Hey, special thanks to Shannon Stewart. Appreciate her joining us on the show, spending time uh, out of her day with us and giving us a lot of value. And uh, obviously, coming as, a, as an accountant's standpoint, Shannon brought a lot of different value that we need to be thinking of. And, and first of all, she talks about being proactive with your planning and having meetings with your accountants prior to just the end of the year or beyond the end of the year and just having that one-time meeting. She talks about you know, continuously meeting with your accountant and having a plan. Uh, she also talks about having a lean structure. Don't live lavishly. I think a lot of people right now, times are good. A lot of business owners, when times are good, start to live lavishly. And then what happens when all of a sudden lean times start to happen? 
they struggle. They struggle to even uh, maintain their business. So don't live lavishly. Make sure you're um, minding your business and, and minding your your uh, assets and your income. Uh, and the last thing she talks about is acting like a business owner, acting like a business owner all the time. You know, a lot of us run smaller businesses, not big corporations, and it's easy to not act like a, a business and try to do things all on our own or just not be as professional as maybe what we should. So again, special thanks to Shannon. Appreciate her joining us on the show. Appreciate you listening. Uh, and that's it. I'm Todd Dykesheimer signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business, and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day, and as I say, make every day a Saturday.